You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. Well, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. Welcome back, my friends. And if we haven't talked to you forever, it feels like it because so much has happened since the last time we talked to you guys. We actually survived Dragon Con. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. And we had an amazing panel at Dragon Con we'll talk all about. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But tonight's episode is going to be the 10th Doctor story, Tooth and Claw. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I feel really old watching this now because <laughs> watching, I looked at the release date of it and it was released back in, ready for this folks, 2006, you know, an age ago, an age ago. <laughs> so this is actually only the, what is this? Technically it's the third story of the 10th doctor. So this is, he's still very fresh and young in mm -hmm. this. So it's going to be a ton of fun to talk all about it. And we've got a great crew to talk all about it, of course. Let's welcome, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. And returning to the show, let's welcome back Shannon Clute. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Good. So we got a lot to talk about, but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Did we see you guys at DragonCon? Did we not? Um, we met a lot of folks at DragonCon who listened to the show. Um, we, if you're a new listener that you found us through DragonCon, we gave out tons of uh, Earth Station Who ribbons. We also gave out a ton of postcards. So you know what? We had... Um, a lot of different things going on, and you know what? It's been a lot of fun to be able to meet the folks in person and have people come up to us. I love what you guys talked about for Jody's era, or I loved what you talked about for this episode, or and such, or I love when you do the live episodes. Those are a real ton of fun. It It's great to hear that kind of feedback, and that's why we love going to the cons and stuff. So it's interesting, too, because... One of our f most favorite Doctor Who cons is actually coming back for a final appearance. I don't know if uh, Mike and Mary know about this yet, but Con Caster Burris is coming back Yay. in 2023. Nice. 
So they made the announcement uh, right before Dragon Con, actually. So I'm going to start um, talking to Matthew and all of the crew over there in Alabama, and hopefully Earth Station Who will be able to make an appearance at the show. That would be awesome. That yes. would be great. We had such great memories from that show, and it's funny because I had a dream a couple of days ago. It's probably one of the fever dreams during COVID or something that Alan said uh, Hulanta was coming back also. <laughs> but I, I, Alan's I, I guarantee exactly. that. I guarantee that's not going to happen right now. So, but it would have been awesome to have Hulanta back too. But hey, Conkay is coming back. Um, when we get all the details, we'll be one of the first people to, you know, give it to you guys because. We definitely want to be involved and such, and we want you guys involved and come visit us because we have a lot of listeners in Tennessee and Alabama and in the South who come to the show. And then, folks, it is a great show, and they get some amazing guests at the show too. So, And it would be nice, especially with the 60th anniversary coming next year. So I think it all ties together. So definitely we'll check that out. And also, um, not a ton of regular Doctor Who news. But we did um, have, like we said, we had a great panel at DragonCon, and it only took two minutes for us to start bashing uh, Chibnall. <laughs> Even that, I think. I think we add. I think we, you know, we. I was gonna say, I think that was. Yeah, last. I think it. I think we timed it. It was two minutes and thirty-seven seconds. It was supposed to be a look back at the Twelfth Doctor's era, and I think we made it two minutes and thirty-seven seconds to be able to bash, start bashing Chibnall, and that's what it was for the rest of the panel. We did give some compliments to Jody, though. It we wasn't. It, we did because we don't. All of us on the show here, we love Jody. We wish she could stay for RTD. I wish she can be under a decent showrunner. We've said that multiple times. And I think we'll do another episode probably after she leaves and we'll do a retrospective of Jody. But we, you know, talk to her about her as the doctor, not about the show, the showrunner. It'll right. be like, that'll be like off limits or something. And we might have to have some set rules or something like that. <laughs> so it's going to be a five minute episode for right. us. But it's right. You have to hit a buzzer every time we say anything about Chibnall. <laughs> you know how, you know, every time on the Dragon Con report, every time we mess up a word we have to drink, you know, we're going to have to drink on uh, this show every time we start bashing Chibnall on no, it. So. We are going to be totally wasted by, by the time that episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> as Shannon takes a little sip right there. So it's perfect. Timing. Shannon's so, practicing. Might as well start getting the sips out of the way. Episode. Exactly, you know. <laughs> so, you know, all right, go ahead and bash Jibble then. Now you drink. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. So, but Dragon Con was awesome. Um, there wasn't a ton of Doctor Who guests. I think, you know, they had some folks who appeared on episodes and Arthur Darville was the closest to a companion or any you know, name a person to appear on Doctor Who. And so it was, it was kind of sad and everything. And, you know, there was a weird feeling around Dragon Con this year for a lot of people. And you know what? I had a good time. A lot of people had a good time. And, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. But, you know, it, it was still a lot of fun. And the Brick Tracks put on a, an amazing oh, they show. they were amazing. They're always yeah. amazing. Yeah, so total thumbs up to Caro and her crew, and thank you, thank you for including Earth Station Who in it, and including us for other panels, too. I enjoyed my two Sandman panels. I enjoyed, you know, doing 
the Agatha Christie. I enjoy, oh, the Ted Lasso panel we did was amazing. We had a packed room and we had at least almost probably about almost two dozen co people dressed as Ted Lasso and beard. It was awesome. It was a ton of fun. So, but it was a good time. And you know what? That's all you want out of Dragon Con. Um, otherwise, you know, if you want to listen to it, at the end of this month, we will have a new episode of the DragonCon report coming out. So we'll be talking all about our memories there. So definitely look for it. And, of course, it'll be live and up on StreamYard, as always, and then out to the world a couple of days later. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. With, so it's going to be a ton of fun to do, and there's going to be a lot of discussion, I'm sure. So... Check it out, folks. The Dragon Con Report. You can find the feed right here on the ESO Network, or you can find it wherever fine podcasts are found. All right, Mikey. The only little bit of Doctor Who news that we have coming up is about a documentary they're making about Doctor Who. You want to talk about uh, that real quick? Uh, yeah, they're making a um, uh, movie. It was announced um, a few weeks ago that Kaleidoscope Films uh, is, make, is uh, actually acquired the rights to distribute internationally. Um, a film called Doctor Who Am I, which is uh, about uh, the making of the uh, Doctor Who movie that appeared on Fox in this country, um, starring Paul McGann, the eighth doctor. Um, the, um, I guess, uh, Paul McGann actually and Eric Roberts and uh, Daphne Ashbrook will be, um, uh, they are all part of this documentary as well. But I think the main focus is Matthew Jacobs, who uh, wrote the film. Um, and he, uh, quote, somewhat reluctantly revisits uh, the production and reception it received upon its release. Uh, it was designed to be the pilot uh, episode of an American produced pickup of the series. Um, and of course, that didn't happen. And um, uh, the film is actually set in America. Um, so, um, because I think, um, well, the writing and, and the most of the production was done in America as well. Um, but, uh, Kaleidoscope said that they have, uh, acquired it. They're going to release it theatrically in the UK in October. It's already aired as part of the Toronto International Film Festival, and then it's going to be, uh, distributed internationally. So, uh, no firm date on when it'll come here in the States, uh, whether it be, um, uh, theatrical or just uh, DVD or streaming or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it'll be of interest to all of us uh, to revisit the, I don't know, It's a lot of people still have mixed feelings about the um, Eighth Doctor movie, um, so it'll be really interesting to see if this sheds any new light on the making of it and uh, and the reception of it as well. I'd be very curious to see it because there was so much hopes for it, especially for Whovians, because Doctor Who at the time had been off the air for almost seven years since mm -hmm. Sylvester's last episode. And, you know, we were like, here, had heard rumors and rumors and rumors. And this, and then they announced that Fox was doing this as a pilot. And we were so excited about it. But we talked a lot about it already when we did the, um, when we reviewed the episode years ago already, I think, because we did the Doctor Who movie when we were doing the regenerations. And so I think, you know, it'd be very interesting actually to get, you know, maybe revisit this one because, you know, after the, we maybe we'll actually do an episode on the documentary or something when we went on home video or streaming. Yeah, I think that's a two-parter, watch them both and 
Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. So that means we have to watch Eric Roberts again as the master. Oh, but, your favorite. Uh, the drag queen. <laughs> he was a little flamboyant <laughs> as the master. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. So I'm very curious to see when it this all comes out and definitely look for that from us probably in 2023 because I think we're scheduled out already until next year for oh, yeah. episodes mm-hmm. we have and everything. So, and, you know, new episodes, that's still up in the air, folks. <laughs> you know, it's or, it's already the getting close to the middle of September, and we don't even have a date for the 100th anniversary special. Sometime in October. Exactly. So, you know, you know speaking about that, doc, have you seen the cover of Doctor Who magazine? No. It's yet. got actually this absolutely awesome picture of Sasha Duan on it as the master, uh, but it's supposed to have a preview of the centenary special. Really? Interesting. So yeah, we may get some more tidbits at least coming out soon. Of Fingers crossed. Yes, we can hope. Yeah. Well, you know, BBC, you know, marketing at its best, as we like to say. So we'll have to wait and see. So definitely, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. You know, any Doctor Who news you guys want to share, please feedback at earthstationwho.com. All right. Um, news was fairly quick tonight. So let's go hop into Tooth and Claw. You guys ready? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. They came through the house. Inside them, it's like a big tooth stooped on the master. And my lady. Every full moon, the howling rings through the valley. This is a man who becomes an animal. We are going back to the ripe old age. You ready for this? April 22nd, 2006. You know, to me, it feels like it was yesterday. You know, (laughs) (laughs) to many, it was like, oh my God, that's 16 years ago. You know, people who were born then are going to be graduating in high school in two years. So not to, not to, to make you guys feel old. They can legally drive on the road. Exactly. There are probably people, you know, who were at Dragon Con that we saw that, you know, were babies when this came out. I'm sure. Or who hadn't been born yet. Hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's it's interesting because I love how mm-hmm. people, are, you know, now are calling Matt Smith, David Tennant, and Chris Eccleston the classic doctors. Yes, they're <laughs> all old now. It's like, Matt Smith oh. is almost 40. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah, I remember Matt Smith at the time was 26 years old when he took over being doctor. Yeah, he was a baby. Mm-hmm. He was a baby. He was. He was, he's he not was. a baby anymore. He's a big old mm-hmm. husky guy kicking dragon butt now. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> making out with his niece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that, that's that's Game of Thrones for you. <laughs> Oh, I know they have they have they have a history it of that. It is unfortunate. They definitely have a history with that, but we're gonna um, 
oh, one thing we didn't mention about the passing of the Queen in the UK about Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth passing. Um, we're recording this as of the 13th of September, and this last weekend, Queen Elizabeth passed away. And actually, this ties in really interesting because the royal family has a nice little bit in this story line. Yes, it's almost they like, do. Yeah, they so do. It, it was actually good timing slash bad timing and everything. So, you know, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. She's been the only monarch of England since I've been alive. 70 years. That's I mean, pretty that's amazing. Good. She's been the only monarch of England since uh, Doctor Who's been around. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So, and you know, it's well, long live, you know, King Charles the Third. So, yep. you know, do we know if um, I was thinking about this too in relation to the Doctor? Um, has has the Doctor ever encountered or uh, met Queen Elizabeth on the show? If you remember the Titanic episode. Okay. She thanks the doctor. She oh, waves right. at him. <laughs> that's, oh, right. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> the Titanic was going to crash into Buckingham Palace. Right. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> so it's it's safe to say that the monarchy had come around to uh, liking the doctor right there on that time. Well, exactly. And it's like, we'll get into that when we get into our discussion further and about some of the ramifications out of this. Uh, but yeah, it, we got a very interesting story with the tenth Doctor and Rose. Sorry, it's my Your favorite. It's sorry, it just and it was real interesting. Um, the script. Oh, sorry, the script was written by Russell T Davies and, of course, directed by Euros Lynn. And it was a very stylized episode. And I remember. Si- realizing that when the first time I had watched it back, probably I think the first time I saw it was in 2008 um, when they saw it um, on the DVD. Cause I think that was the first place I watched, saw Tenet's doctor. Cause mm. I was able to see Dr. Nine because friends of mine in Seattle got CBC up um, on their cable system. So they were able to record Dr. Who. So yes, I still had a VCR back then. So I was able to watch, the, the videos of Chris Eccleston. Wait, wait, the you don't have a VCR anymore? Oh, hell no. <laughs> wow. What kind of geek are you? I am a modern geek. I am a modern geek. That's how old old this episode is. Yes. Everyone has VCRs. Yeah, really. Exactly. Um, I, I think, uh, oh, you're right about the tone. I mean, immediately I, I thought of uh, the Hammer movies uh, that... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and Doctor Who has a nice relationship with the Hammer movies as well. I mean, when the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, came around, uh, the first showrunner there, uh, Philip Hinchcliffe, was very much making uh, like little mini Hammer horror movies, I think, with the fourth Doctor. And I, I really feel that in this uh, this episode. Uh, it's This is one of my favorites from from David's era and even from New Who. It's, 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 I love this episode a lot. Yeah, it's very Hammer Horror. It, it really reminds yeah. me, I know it's a werewolf, but it re- actually reminds me more of like the old Christopher Lee, the old Dracula movies and the Wolfman movies. Very mm-hmm. atmospheric. 
Absolutely. When the first thing you see is like, before you even see werewolves or anything, you see like these monks, uh, uh, these monks. these ninja monks <laughs> coming out and fighting, and it's like, oh, this is this is pretty awesome. <laughs> no, it was awesome, literally. It does send send like a whole new tone. Really mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. And it's interesting too because literally from when the monks show up and they rip off the robes and they have ninja outfits on, basically with the the, the staffs and everything, it was like, oh, this is just not going to be normal. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. I mean, you've got an homage to the old martial arts mm-hmm. movies too, you know, mm-hmm. with the way they're flying in the air and flipping around. I had to look the very first time I saw it because the head monk looked a lot like Tim O'Brien, riffraff from Rocky Horror Picture oh, sure. Show. Oh, oh, he, oh, he kind of does now that I think about it. He <laughs> does. Now, so, I, now I can never unsee that. <laughs> and so I was. Exactly. I was just like looking at it and it was just like, oh God, is that him? Has he, is he now finally appeared again on Doctor Who? Cause he <laughs> had been on years ago. And so it was just real interesting to, to see, um, you know, the characters and it was, it was a fun story though. And David got to speak in his original, his real yeah. accent. Yeah. Briefly, yes. briefly. I think he, lost I think he was enjoying that. <laughs> And it it was just a little bit. Oh yeah, it was fun, and that's what I think made it a good episode. Was just it was a fun but exciting story. It, it there was never a slow time in this episode. It flew by, um, just from you know the introduction of the house, the, the what do they call it, the Torchwood Estate? Yes, the Torchwood Estate. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then of course Queen Victoria, and you know with the naked girl, you know Rose Taylor, Tyler, because <laughs> once once again the TARDIS doesn't take the people where they're supposed to go, but where they're supposed to, you know, where they need where to, they go. need to be, yeah. yeah so, and yep. so it was a lot of it was real interesting. And isn't that the second time she got called naked? When was uh... the other one? Yeah, I'm not sure if this wasn't it. Um, the the Charles Dickinson episode. Oh, I think yes, you're I right. think you're right. Yes, I think you're right. The yeah, the ghost one. Because that's right around the same time period, actually. The like her, her nakedness, nakedness. <laughs> which is so odd because, yeah. I mean, she's she's pretty much clothed from head to toe, um, but yet because it's form fitting, it's naked, right? Well, well, she's, well, she's, she's showing, wearing tights. So. She's right. wearing tights, and she also has her arms or bare. Right. And everything. So. I mean, what a disgusting display. It was. I, I mean, they even showed that. I can't believe they showed that on a children's show. I, I I, I'm appalled. You know. I mean, I mean, I'm sure Mike was even <laughs> more disgusted by Rose than usual. I'm sure. It didn't take much. It's okay. <laughs> that, that, that's always been his problem with Rose. Her it does have, wear enough clothing. Yeah. It does have one of my favorite exchanges on it. Actually, there's a few really good exchanges on here, but uh, between the doctor and Rose, where she's like, oh, hey, I've been out in a bear. And he's like, no, don't, don't no, do, no, please no, stop. No, no, stop. No, really, really don't. Don't do that. Like, it's, 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 I, I love that. I love that exchange between them. Yeah, and I love the doctor was like, no, stop. 
please, yeah. please no, 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 stop. Don't, don't, no, really, no. really don't, really don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, I don't know if that was the doctor talking or if it was David. Talking. I think it was a little bit of both. I yeah. think it was a little bit of both. That's what I love about it. I think if I remember reading correctly that Billy Piper just could not do a Scottish accent and she was supposed to until like they got super excited and like couldn't fake the accents gotcha. anymore. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun and you could see it on their face and then the whole thing with Rose trying to get the queen to say, "I am not <laughs> amused." are you (laughs) you know and it's just like it's this it's this banter that they have back and forth that they're all just i mean so excited and amused by everything in this even when there's absolute like terrifying danger and uh one of my other favorite moments in this is where the queen addresses them both down like how like at the end like how dare you like you guys like are are treating this like it's a lark and it's it's humorous and and that scares me because this stuff is dangerous and the fact that you guys know more about it and and are doing what you're doing is just terrifying to me and and the empire uh mm-hmm. I oversee and I just because it really is like annoying right I mean yeah we're excited as well but it's really kind of dismissive the way they are I think yeah, actually, even I was starting to get annoyed. Yeah, and and I think they make a good they make a good double act. Don't don't get me wrong. Yes, but it's just they're so cavalier, and people there are a lot of people dying here. They're very callous you about know? some of these people dying. Oh yeah, very callous, and you can yeah. you can understand the queen's point of view. You know, she's like, you're, you're dangerous. You're you're basically sociopaths. Yeah, in my true. in my point of view. Because of the way you're treating us, the uh, the woman that plays uh, Queen Victoria, um, Pauline Collins, uh, I've seen her in oh tons of stuff. Um, uh, she was in Upstairs Downstairs for a long time, and uh, she's just a, a practically an institution over in the UK. And she does such a great job here. Uh, less is more uh, with her performance, and she has so many good scenes. That's a good one. And the the other scene I love is that when they're at the dinner table and she's talking about, uh, they're talking about ghost stories and she's talking about how they're not special. She doesn't like them because they're scary for kids or, you know, know, ghost stories, but because they give you hope that there's uh, something on the other side that you can communicate with loved ones on the other side. It's such a powerful and really well done scene. I mean, Russell T is just nailing it. At least he's knocking it out of the park with this episode, I think. Yeah, he's really, he's hitting a lot of good emotional notes. Like it, it is very obvious that the queen is grieving. Yes, that, yes. And and she, she really mm-hmm. portrays yes. that well. I mean, she has to be stoic because of who she is and what her station is. But you can tell the underlying grief is very And she there. does not take anything from anyone either Mm -mm. and she's fully prepared i loved it when she pulled the revolver out of the purse (laughs) yes honestly i think that's like my favorite scene scene. victoria is a bamf you know she is not she is just not having it she wasted that guy oh exactly (laughs) oh what are you what are you going to do you're not the first one 
I've got, I've got yeah. this covered. Yeah. It's like, I don't need anybody to save me. <laughs> I, I know what I'm doing. Yep. I would say the only thing maybe about this episode, and it's, you know, it's like 40 some minutes, right? Or 50 minutes, whatever it is. And so it's short. And as you said, Mike, it's so fast. Everything happens. Uh, there's not anything wasted. But I do wish we got a little bit more, I learned a little bit more about uh, the wolf alien dude or whatever is, I don't, I don't even think he has a name in this. Um uh, because he has that he has that great confrontation with Rose in the cellar, but he never really confronts the doctor. And I think we're missing that sort of scene between the the sort of bad guy or alien or whatever and the doctor in this. And I wish we'd gotten just maybe five more minutes to have that sort of confrontation before mm-hmm. before the end, you know. Yeah, we learn nothing about him. <laughs> right, right. Basically. I mean, he's just kind of there. This happens a lot in Doctor Who. Well, especially with the fact, like, the Doctor seemed to already know, like, what it was. He's like, oh, oh, this is cool. I've seen this before. Like, he seemed really excited about it. And then to, like, just kind of drop off and not go more in depth Mm -hmm. on it. It's kind of like, are you planning on bringing that back, maybe? Like, maybe he will this time. Hmm. Well, I mean, the royal family are werewolves. Apparently. They are. Uh, yeah. So, so the par- the parasite <laughs> is still there, <laughs> apparently. It's interesting, too, because, you know, I love <laughs> when she was figuring it out and it's like, oh, they are werewolves. It's like, and it's like, oh, God. And once again, <laughs> they were they were playing it light about everything. Yeah, they yeah. laughing. They were laughing as they, they hadn't learned anything. They were laughing no. as they went into the, the the TARDIS. Yeah, it's like, oh, the queens, you know, basically slapped us on the wrist. Oh, we're scared, but that, you know, and that's it. And yeah, they didn't think twice of it because you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just interesting, you know, because you know she literally knighted the Doctor and then banished him from the kingdom, and it's like. And then created Torchwood to basically battle, you know, you know, unknown things, but also to be on the lookout for the doctor. Yeah, it's interesting. Torchwood, it, it, it was actually created to almost battle the doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To keep, keep England safe from the doctor. Not, not, I mean, also from other aliens, but even more so from the doctor. Very much so. And that was interesting, too, because we, you know, this whole season, Torchwood is the running theme before the season before was bad wolf and it was interesting to see and which they did touch on in this episode yeah when the uh when the werewolf looks at rose and says you've got a little wolf in you and except but you know you have the light i have the moon you know the darkness and the moon and it was just it was just really interesting to you know see all that and I love that the scene was just awesome between the two of them. And it was outright scary. And that guy had horrible teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just interesting. And, you know, everyone who went up yep. against the wolf, too, no one stood a chance. And mm-hmm. the noises, the shredding of the people and everything, that was just that was horrific. Oh, yeah, they made it clear <laughs> there were some pretty horrifying things. 
yeah. going on, which, which made the doctor and Rosa's callousness even stand out even more. Well, exactly. You know, these people were torn apart right in front of you and, you know, trying to defend the, the queen, defend the house. And literally, you know, you're laughing and giggling about this whole stuff. It's like, damn, you guys are shallow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, several people sacrificed themselves in order, you know, to keep the queen safe. And they're just, you know, they aren't, they're just swept aside. I mean, they just, they don't care. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy that, that Russell is, is setting up here because, you know, that's a pretty fine line you're walking there. I mean, if you're showing that, that the doctor and Rose don't care about what's happening, I mean, there's always a sort of amount of, of distance with with the doctor and emotion but um except maybe when he goes into time lord victorious but well, you're but you could very easily make them so unlikable that you know it, it the stories don't really work anymore and i russell t's actually pretty good at walking that line but i i do think he goes over at some point because rose becomes and it's so incredibly annoying to me or at least the dynamic between them as oh the i know goes on this is like the beginning of it for me and everything you know and it was just interesting too because like you know and you know he's he's still fresh out of the pot at this point and he actually even had to talk to rose was that a little bit too rude you know and everything and she had to like draw him back in a little bit and so you know from you know going too off and it was just it was really interesting and everything but the acting for, you know, everyone else was just awesome. And David was awesome in this. Yeah, David's awesome, even though he's quote-unquote still cooking. Yeah. He doesn't, I mean, he, he he seems just on top of his game still on this. Um, and you're right. I mean, Rose, just, despite the fact that she's annoying, she doesn't really add anything to the plot or anything. She doesn't really do anything other than sort of, you know, be naked and be annoying. <laughs> Um, she's more like a connection piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I w- I had forgotten until watching this re- uh, this on this rewatch that uh, Lady Isabel was very much uh, had some agency. Like she she actually came in and saved the day, like at least once. Mm-hmm. And I thought that oh, was oh, with the cool. mistletoe was awesome. Yes. That was just yeah. awesome. I thought that was pretty awesome of her. I mean, yeah. like, wow, you did more than Rose has done. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It but is yeah, very, the very fact true. that the fact that there was a number of of uh you know decent fellows that sacrificed themselves uh for the queen in particular. Um and that was just not even noticed by uh the Doctor Rose seemed mm-hmm. really kind of out of out of place. But I, I, I know what you know, we know what's coming because we've seen it already. Um <laughs> and so we know what's coming and that's that's yeah. You know, they they will actually, uh, you know, uh, get their come up and so to speak. Um, but I think that this that's what even though there's some really good stories this season, I think that's what separates me from thinking that this is one of the best seasons, because there's some really good episodes like this one. But yet the doctor and Rose just seems so disconnected from everybody doing their own thing that it really just kind of separates me even from really enjoying these stories. 
Oh, there's some amazing stories. You're completely right, Mike. But Rose and the doctor going off on their little <laughs> two little like lovebirds and, you know, traveling through time and everything just took me out of the stories and takes it away from being one of my favorite seasons because there are amazing stories this season to come. Yeah. New earth was, I thought was really fun, uh, which mm -hmm, is the one yeah. precedes this uh, school reunion comes up next, followed mm -hmm. by girl in the fireplace. I mean, there's some really, really amazing stories in this, in this just four episode arc. And yet because of the, the way the two of them behave, like just like annoying school children, you're kind of like, I can't, I can't fully like endorse all of these. You know what I mean? But it's, oh, yeah. you know, I know, I know the doctor and Rose are supposedly the big love story for a lot of people. And I mean, and that's fine. They're, they're entitled to what they feel, but to me, they always felt kind of superficial like this, this kind of joking around and callousness just feels very superficial to me. I, I almost feel like he had more connection uh, in, in the girl in the fireplace than he does with, with Rose in the other stories because yes. he just, he seems, he seems to go to have more depth in that relationship. No, you're completely right. It's like they almost forget about everyone else around them because they're so wrapped up in each other and forgetting about the agency where like Madame Papador and the doctor, that was a true love story. Mm -hmm. I mean, and to be fair, Rose is very young and, and it feels kind of like a teenage relationship, right. that, that kind of obsessive obsessiveness, but also superficiality that, that you have because you're just not mature enough at, at that point in your life usually. And, and it comes across that way to me. Now nope. we're going to get hate, hate, a lot of hate. Yeah, mail. They, and address they that to Mary Ogle, care, <laughs> yeah. care of her station who. <laughs> but they, they, they did though. They kind of just fed off of each other's excitement. And by feeding off of each other's excitement, it became this vicious cycle where they didn't see what else was going on around them. I mean, Mickey and uh, Rose's mom, Jackie, they both called them out mm -hmm. on that. Like, yo, stop rewind bringing it back a little bit mm -hmm. yeah that is a good point other people around them do do notice it and, and point it out well, because they're mickey and because it's coming from mickey and and rose's mom you're just kind of dismissing them um, of them as well because they're not you know i mean mickey's mickey so screw that guy um but <laughs> Boy. Um, and and Boy. rose's mom is never really presented as someone you should take seriously either so um, it really is kind of an interesting dynamic yeah. um, that I don't think I realized. I think I was caught up in it at the time as well. You know, I was like, this is fun. This is, I see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. This is great. But looking back on it now, after these, what, uh, you know, 15 years or whatever, it's like, hmm, I don't know. This is, this is not exactly as as fun as i remember it being um and that's not to say that i don't enjoy the stories or don't enjoy their performances or anything like that but i just i'm like wondering you know as we're going into this new russell t davies era like man because it i i'm pretty sure this is like this all was done on purpose and and i'm like man it's like what was russell t really trying to do with his run 
and you know what could he do for his next run not to say that it's going to be bad but it's just going to be a lot uh more than i think uh i originally gave him credit for yeah i'm, I'm really interested to see what he's going to do because he's actually he has matured as a writer yes i mean it's been a long time actually since he's written for doctor who and he's done a lot of other projects some really good ones mm-hmm. since then so I, yeah, I'm very, very interested to see what kind of sensibility he brings to to this new series. I don't think it's going to be the same as as nor nor should it be as, as went went before. Fingers crossed, my friends. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And Doctor Who itself has changed quite a That's bit. That's true. Yeah, you're completely right. Doctor Who has also changed quite a bit. So it's one of those where he's coming in is completely different than what it was when he well, left. It's a different character completely. You know, still the same basis, but a whole different and a whole different, you know, set of circumstances. So it would be very curious to see. And you know what? I'm curious and hope he doesn't make the same mistakes and in Russell we trust for right now. That's all we can say. We don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm not saying he made like a lot of mistakes or whatever. I just find it interesting looking back on his run now, like every single one of his seasons, the doctor was very different. Um, and uh, it's just interesting to look at it, look back on it now and, and not when I was watching it, I was just going through the process and I wasn't even really noticing it as much as I do now. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. You know, did you think this episode was too violent for a kid show or was it too scary and horrific? I, I don't no. have kids. So I'm not really going to, I'm not going to know. No. I mean, that's just a, but you know, they don't show any like serious. Yeah, you like, don't really anything. see anything. I don't even know if you see any blood. I mean, these are the kind of movies I watched as a kid all the time. Yeah, this is, this is like complete Hitchcock. Like it, it's, it, the horror is in your mind. Yes. True. Very, very true. So it's up to it you. All, if you think yeah. it's really violent, then you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I thought for 2006, I thought the wolf looked pretty darn awesome. Yeah. And I yeah. think, and the budget they went into, especially for the transformation scene, that was pretty darn awesome. Yeah. They, they did a really good job. I mean, the sets are really good too. The, the way it, the direction is really yeah. good. The music is really good. Um, it was oh, so Marie nice Gold. to hear decent so music again. <laughs> I, I miss Murray Gold so much. Um, but but yeah, they they really you know they I think they worked really hard in creating a certain kind of atmosphere and they they succeeded. Here. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Yeah. So Shannon, you know, when was the first time you had seen this? Did you watch mm-hmm. it originally? You know, either on Sci-Fi or on DVD, I saw this on I think BBC America, and it was like a rerun episode, like late at night kind okay. of deal. But it was really good. Um, when this originally aired, I was actually watching Eccleston. Gotcha. Well, I think a lot of people were that at that stage in the states because I remember. Doctor Who was delayed quite a bit coming to the States. Not, you know, we're so frippin' spoiled. We get it the same day now. Yeah. You know, it used, I remember the days when, it, you know, with the new series that we had to wait 
you know, months before we got to see it. And, you know, I remember, you know, people, oh, I could get you a copy of it, but it's going to cost you a favor, you know, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, because, you know, in back alleys. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, I remember Dragon Con the first couple of years, they had bootleg copies of uh, the Eccleston episodes and the first two seasons of Tenet you know, for sale from some of the vendors. Cause they used to have in the vendor room, people selling bootleg DVDs and stuff like that and Japanese stuff. And, you know, it's, it, it's not like it is now kids. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot more cleaned up than the vendor room used to be. And you kids are so lucky. <laughs> we had to wait. We had to wait months, sometimes years. It was funny though. Um, we had bought, back then because we wanted William to see H.R. Puffin stuff and we bought the first supposedly it was supposed to be the first season of H.R. Puffin stuff because it wasn't available yet on DVD or anything and so we got it from this guy and we got when we got it home it was Torchwood season one <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like oh wait no William sorry you can't watch this <laughs> <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. Like was, slightly different. He was, but Dad, it's Doctor Who stuff. It's like you know, no, I've seen HR Puffin stuff, and maybe you know, <laughs> maybe it would have been less traumatic to show him. <laughs> mm, good point. Good point. <laughs> Hell, the magic flute alone, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> so awesome, guys! All right, any final thoughts yeah. that we haven't covered or anything on this episode before we go ahead and rate it? Uh, the only other thing that I, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but, uh, um, I didn't know if this was a reference or not, but, um, when, you know, they're joking about, uh, that the queen might've been bitten and that, you know, the, the royal family's werewolves or whatever, I, I, I just don't, I just didn't know if that was a reference to, because I know that, you know, what is it? 16, 17, 20 years later, something like that. Uh, that's when you get the, the Jack the Ripper murders. And I know that there's one, I think Alan Moore is one of those people who can, has that, who wrote that conspiracy that it was like, that it was the royal family that was responsible for those or somebody in the royal family that was responsible for those. And I didn't know if that was a, a sort of reference to that or if it was just like a ha-ha joke, like, hey, yeah, they're all like, you know. Werewolves. Yeah, they're all werewolves. Like the royal family is all still like werewolves, the family werewolves or whatever. And I just uh, didn't know, so uh because that would be odd i don't really um you know no offense to the dearly departed or whatever but i i don't even i can't even see charles as a werewolf really that intimate <laughs> i can't like very, even very if lame even werewolf. even if charles was a werewolf i still think he would be not intimidating <laughs> like I, <laughs> like yeah whatever dude <laughs> he would be the the werewolf you saw with the chinese menu in his hand right <laughs> with these uh like big huge ears or whatever i don't know exactly anyway so uh but yeah i don't i don't know if that was a the right thing i think it skipped a generation yeah i had to <laughs> maybe maybe so all right kids let's go ahead and rate this one and give this one out of five tardises one being the worst five being the best shannon you get to go first four i'll give it four stars okay awesome very awesome Mary. I think I'll also give it four stars. I mean, it's a very enjoyable episode. There are some plot holes, but you don't really care. 
because it's it's just fun to watch and David Tennant is great in it. Uh, I'm going to dock it a star because it is the beginning of the really annoying relationship between Tennant and Rose. But uh, yeah, I give it a four. Okay, awesome, Mr. Mike Gordon. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half um, because I think it's it's uh. yeah um, because I I I understand Mary deducting at a point for uh the doctor and rose's relationship but i'm going to add a half a point because i think pauline collins just knocks it out of the park as queen victoria That's and fair. and it uh yes. and it just does yes you know it, it's an important kind of important episode it's the origin of torchwood um and uh has other implications as well so uh but i think by itself even if you don't have all that it's just a fun, like, like I said, Philip Hinchcliffe. Like, <laughs> I don't think he wanted his name to be used as an adjective, like that, but, um, <laughs> but Hinchcliffe, um, Hinchcliffe episode that I, and that's from my favorite, favorite era of Doctor Who. So yeah, I'm gonna great. give, I'm gonna give it, uh, I'm gonna give it four and a half just because of that. Ah, okay. This might be going the opposite direction, and. I'm going to go with three and a half for this. And it's it's Rose's nakedness, isn't it? (laughs) Damn it. You figured me out. It's it's, it's that naked Rose. It's naked Rose. It's interesting because I enjoy the story. I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time I saw it or the second or third. I've watched this, you know, every couple of years, this is a fun one to watch. Um, I love the acting. I think Tennant's great. The actress who plays Queen Victoria is awesome. I love the supporting cast. The thing is, you know, the parts with the Doctor and Rose pull it down for me. Um, And pull it down enough to bring it down to a three and a half. And I, there's a ton of, almost every male character in this storyline dies. if If you look at it that way. And it's pretty much, you know, anyone who had speaking parts or, you know, anything. And it's pretty brutal. And for them to make fun of it and everything and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and kept trying to get it. I truthfully in this one, I was getting annoyed with Rose. I am not amused. What about you, mom? You know, over and over again. I was like, all right, stop it already. This is, you know. People are dying. This is this is not anything to a bet or whatever. And you know, and it just showed immaturity and stuff. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to pass on that part. And I just decided to think, you know, it pulled it down for me because I love the styling. I love everything else in this. But I think a three and a half is a still strong episode. And mm-hmm. I would recommend this to somebody. I wouldn't recommend this as a first episode to watch. Of Doctor yeah. yeah, I wouldn't either. No, not but definitely not a first would, episode. No, but I definitely would recommend it. So it's definitely out there. Definitely would love to hear from what you guys think, though. Please let us know. And, you know, one of the comments we did get at Dragon Con, you guys agree way too much on that podcast that you guys do. <laughs> well, tonight we didn't, folks. So f- <laughs> 
<laughs> so, no. Wow. No, we, no, we, we, we didn't tonight, we, folks. We love our audience. We really do. We yes, do we love do. you guys. But not, enough to, not yes. enough to love Chip. No. <laughs> no. 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 We, do, we no. have to draw the line somewhere. We do stop there. Yeah, right across. <laughs> Sorry. So... It's interesting, though. We are doing well, and we are surviving, and we will be back again in two more weeks, folks. We will be back again, and we are going to be looking back at the John Pertwee era. That's right, folks. We are going to back, and we are going to look at the Monster of Paladon, which is a third doctor with Sarah Jane Smith. So it should be a ton of fun. It's going to be interesting. I've never seen this one of the third doctor era. So it's going to be fun to do. And we'll get to see our favorite alpha Centauri is back in it. We get the ice warriors and we get, you know, other aliens too. So it's actually a lot of fun. So definitely join us then. We will see you next time on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Miss Mary Ogle. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Anything you want to promote? Uh, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVisionArts. And Miss Shannon Clute, thank you very much. Thank you guys so much for having me. I always have so much fun on here. Oh, it's always fun having you. And are you going to be, are you just done with your podcast or are you going to eventually bring it back? I've, I've actually started a new one. <laughs> oh. Uh, my new one is called Spilled Tea Wine Media Mind. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to talk about a tea, I'm going to talk about a wine, and then I pair it to some sort of media, be it book, movie, or show. That's awesome. So yeah, it's and a lot of fun. Is it, that is awesome. Yeah. And where can people find it? Literally everywhere. Uh, hmm. uh, um, I use Anchor as my, so it's on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all the things. That's awesome. We'll have a link to it up in the show notes for this. So definitely find her podcast, folks. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Awesome. And you know what? It was awesome hanging with all all you guys, actually, at DragonCon this year. It was a pleasure. And everyone we met, thank you, thank you. All the good feedback we've gotten, thank you, thank you. And if it's your first time listening to it, the show thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts and that is it i am wrapping this show up for tonight thank you for listening we will see you next time here on our station who peace we are done you have been listening to earth station who a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things doctor who featuring talents from across the universe all topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. here. Wish you could keep up on DC Comics, but don't have the time or the money? 
not a problem. Join Cletus Jacobs and I as we bring you recaps and commentary on DC Comics, television, movies, and more, whether they are good or not. The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. 